Thanks for tuning in to Mountain View Fellowship's weekly podcast with lead pastor Don Headley. At MVF, our mandate is pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships. We know Jesus cared for people and placed a lot of emphasis on relationships, so we do too. We believe that we're created for relationship with God and that He gave each one of us a desire to belong. If you'd like more information about MVF, connect with us at mvfcolorado.com. Now, stay tuned for this week's message. I'm excited because we're in the third week of a series entitled Atomic Habits. This comes out of a book written by James Clear by the same name, Atomic Habits. And uh, we've been learning since the beginning of the year. Uh, we, we started this discussion about uh, starting New Year's resolutions and how it's important that we do, we do good habits and we break bad habits and we talked uh, how we form those. And then last week we talked a little bit about how to make a good habit. Today we have a very, very difficult discussion to, uh, to dive into today, because today we're actually talking about how to break a bad habit. And my guess is, as we start 2021, many of us taking a look at our lives, I think especially after the way last year went, we might admit that as we look at our life, that some things have kind of slipped in or they've kind of creeped into our life over the last year, and we have found ourselves actually in some bad habits this year. Maybe some uh, that we didn't even have last year, or maybe you've been dealing with one for 10 years that you haven't been able to kick, and maybe it's something as simple as just drinking too much pop, you know, too much soda, and you're trying to cut that sugar out of your diet, or maybe it's sleeping in, or you're a night snacker, you like to get up and, and eat in the middle of the night, or maybe watching too much Netflix or being on social media way too much, or maybe it's a little more serious. Maybe you're one of those that likes to shop and, and use credit cards, and you put yourself kind of in a bad place with debt. Maybe it's uh, smoking or, or too much alcohol in your life, or, or maybe it's pornography, or maybe it's a character issue. Maybe it's just the way that you talk to people around you. Whatever it is for you, I think if we were honest, we could all admit to probably 50 different bad habits that we have in our lives. And so I don't want us to think about all of our habits today. We're not trying to break them all at one time, right? So mainly what I want to ask you to do is just think about that one habit, just that one habit. What's the one habit that you need to break in 2021? What's the one habit that if you were able to break that habit this year, you would have a better year? It would affect more than just that area of the habit. It would affect your whole life. And, and I know many of us, as we look at our lives, there's habits that we have that we want to break. And it's not, it's not the fact that we don't think it's bad. It's not the fact that we don't want to break it. I think it's the fact that we have lost to it so many times. Maybe it was is your New Year's resolution for the last 10 years to do whatever that habit is, to break that habit, and you haven't been able to get it done. And because of that, you just feel demoralized. Uh, maybe you, you have realized how hard it is to break a bad habit, and, and you've tried, but you just are just at a place right now where you're like, it's not even worth trying. Uh, do you know that you're actually in good company? Because the Apostle Paul felt the exact way. He, he said in, in Romans chapter 7, this is what he said, I don't really understand myself. He was like struggling with this whole issue. Like, I don't understand myself. He says, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. He continues in verse 19. He says, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I, want, I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Does anyone relate to that besides me? 
I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, I think most of us, uh, almost every one of us, and, and uh, for those of you that didn't raise your hand, you have a bad habit of lying. And so uh, we struggle in breaking bad habits in our lives. And so today, I want to start with a question. Even though we know it's not good for us, even though we would want it out of our lives or we've tried to break it in the past, why do we struggle so much in overcoming a bad habit? Why is it so hard to break a bad habit in our lives? If you remember back to week one, we we looked at actually forming a good habit, and we gave you a graph that looked like this. We talked about change over time, and we talked about the expectation. We think that when we start a brand new habit, a good habit, that it's going to start off like this. It's just going to gradually climb, and we're going to see the same kind of improvement over time, and we discussed how that's not reality. The reality is when we start a good habit, it actually stays pretty low. Like sometimes we don't even see any change for a long time, and it takes a while, and and that's where we ended up with this this area in between that we call the valley of disappointment. And this is usually where we quit. This is usually where we give up because we're like, I'm just, I'm doing all this, and I'm not seeing any change, so therefore it's not working. I'm just going to give up. And we, we told you back then, we said, don't give up. Like, we encourage you, just stay at it, keep going, and eventually you'll see the change. Because if you, if you stay at it, there's a day coming when you'll have, you'll have a breakthrough. It'll actually become better than your expectation, and it's incredible when that happens. That is how you form a good habit. That's how it works in our lives. Now, a bad habit doesn't work that way. Actually, it's completely different. Now, I'm starting with this because this is important for us to understand this, and I I want you to get it in a very visual way so that it sticks with you. But this is not how bad habits work. Let me show you how a bad habit works. It actually doesn't start down here. It starts up here. It starts high. Like, there's payoff. Think of it like this. You, You have a bad day. And so you go to the freezer, and you pull out a half a gallon of ice cream, Right? And you sit down, you start watching TV, and before you know it, you've eaten that entire thing of ice cream. It starts off up here. Trust me, especially if it's bluebell ice cream. <laughs> Butter pecan. Okay? That's, that might even be up here, but it's, it's up high. There's a great reward that comes with that. And it's, it's amazing. You feel filled. What about if you decided at the beginning of the year you're going to exercise more this year? I'm every, every day at 6.30, I'm going to get up and I'm going to exercise. And yesterday was Saturday, and your alarm went off at 6.30, and what'd you do? You rolled over and hit the snooze button, right? It's up here. That feels good to get some extra sleep, right? You didn't have to work out. That's awesome. And, and what about, um, I don't know, you, you went out at Christmas time, and you spent a lot of money that you didn't have. You put it on the credit card so that, you know, 2020 has been hard. Let's have a good Christmas this year. And, and, and Christmas morning came and you guys are tearing open the paper, right? And getting the gifts. And that felt good. That was clear up here. Maybe it was, um, I don't know, you're struggling in your marriage. And you start flirting with the person in the office. And they start paying some attention back. Right? That's, that's up here. And you start thinking to yourself, I I don't really see a downward spiral here. This isn't going downward. This actually feels pretty good. There's some instant gratification going on here. But here's the problem, is we all know that debt is going to destroy our lives. Like, right, like maybe last week you got the bill for that credit card, and now all of a sudden it's starting to set in. You know that eating a half a gallon of ice cream every night is not healthy for you. 
You know that every time you roll over and hit that snooze button, that's not getting you to where you want to go in life. And we know that flirting with somebody else, it's not going to lead to anything good. And it starts a downward spiral. Now get this, because this is what happens. It goes from up here, not down here, but from up here, and it goes this direction. And it's not so much that, that it was one action, but it's a small decision that you, that you make over and over and over again, which leads to this downward spiral, which actually takes you to a place that you never, ever thought you would be or a place you never thought you would ever go. This is why bad habits are, are so easy to start, but they're so hard to overcome. So I want to drop some truth on you today. And I want, if you're taking notes, I hope you are. I hope you'll write this down and put this somewhere because hopefully it will remind you not to start like this, because you know where it goes. Here's the truth. You ready for this? Um, When you start a good habit, a good habit is hard to start, but it's easy to live with. When you start a bad habit, bad habit is easy to start, but it is hard to live with. Hard to start, easy to live with. Easy to start, hard to live with. Big difference. Big difference. So today, here's what we're going to do. We're not going to ignore the bad habit in our lives. Remember that one you thought of a minute ago? We're not going to ignore it. We're not going to pretend like it's not there, and we're not going to be afraid of it. This year, we're going to overcome it. We're not going to underestimate it because we know that it will take a nosedive. It'll take us to a place where we don't want to go. And so today, here's what we're going to do. We're going to share some, some scripture, some wisdom from God's word that I think is so simplistic, but so powerful to help us overcome a bad habit, to help us break a bad habit today. And so let's jump into this. I shared a how to make a good habit last week, and I shared with you a graph. I want to show it to you because it's, it correlates. I can't believe how close these are. When you talk about making a good habit, last week we shared with you that you have to make it obvious. You have to make it easy, and you have to make it involve community. Now, today we're talking about breaking a bad habit. I'm just going to tell you where we're going today. It's interesting to me when we talk about making a good habit and breaking a bad habit that they're almost opposite of one another because in order to break a bad habit, you have to make it invisible. You have to make it difficult, but then you have to make it involve the right community, which is close to the same thing. But what I'm talking about in this moment, and we'll get to it here in a minute, is this idea that sometimes you have to remove certain people from your life because they actually empower you or they reinforce that bad habit that you don't want to keep in your life. And so this is where we're headed today. So let's just jump right into it. In order to stop a bad habit today, first of all, we want to make it invisible. We want to make it invisible. I'm amazed how many times I talk to people about these types of things in their lives, how often they say, you know what, I can handle this. Like, I'm strong enough. I got enough self-control. I'm going to take care of this on my own. I can do this, right? Um, Now, if that's you, let me just ask you this question. How many times have you said that to yourself? And then let me ask you another question. How many times have you fallen to the exact same thing? See, it doesn't work. What you need to do in order to overcome a bad habit is you have to make it invisible. And and I want you to see how easy this is. Watch this. Uh, Charles Duhigg, in his book, The Power of Habits, tells us there's a process or there's a pattern to habits. And this is the pattern that he spelled out. He said, first of all, there's a cue. There's this thing that triggers you to want to do whatever it is that bad habit is or what he calls a response. This is the habit or the action. And then after you do the habit, there's a reward at the other end. This is why we go back and we want to do it all over again. So we fall into this pattern in our lives, and if it's a bad habit, we just keep doing it over and over again. And I want you to understand that when it comes to overcoming a bad habit, we have to start right here with the cue. 
And the cues are different for all of us. We, we have a lot of different ones. Sometimes it's emotional. Sometimes it's the time of the day or time of the night. Sometimes it's a stressor that's in our life. And, and you know what it is. Think about that one habit that we just talked about. What is it for you, that one bad habit that you want to break? What is the cue for you? So as we talk about breaking that, here's where I want you to focus. I want you to focus on the visual cues, on what you see. Because we found out last week that the the human body has all these sensory receptors, and it has like 11 million of them. It's incredible how many we have. These are things like sight and sound and taste and touch and smell. And, And out of that, almost 10 million of the 11 million are all linked to your sight. And so when we talk about breaking this bad habit, I want you to focus on the visual cues because you'll, you'll have over 10 million of those sensory receptors working in your favor if you'll take care of the visual cues. And I want to show you what Jesus had to say about attacking visual cues. He created us. He knew us better than anybody else. And so he has a little bit to say about it. On, uh, on this Matthew chapter 6, in the middle of his Sermon on the Mount, he says, "'The eye is the lamp of the body.'" If the eyes are healthy, the whole body will be full of light. You know what he's saying? What you see is what you do. What you see is what you do. But watch how he flips it here in the very next verse. He says, but if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. What you see is what you do. If you see good things, you'll do good things. If you see bad things, you'll do bad things. And and you might be thinking, well, that's a little extreme, Jesus. Like... Really? I mean, what I let in my eyes, that, that's what goes into my heart, my mind, and my soul, and my body. That Really? Is this how this works? And, and I, I'd say to you, uh, Jesus hasn't even got going yet. Uh, actually, in Matthew chapter 5, this is what he said. He said, if your right eye causes you to stumble, what? Gouge it out and throw it away. That's extreme, right? Now, thank goodness Jesus wasn't being literal here. He was actually using hyperbole to, to stress a very, very important point. I think he, made, he did a very good job of it gouge it out. If it causes you to stumble, gouge it out. Jesus is saying, look, if, if what you see is wrong and it causes you to do wrong things, then get rid of it. Take it out. Don't look at it. Make it invisible. Now, you have to understand that you may never be strong enough to overcome this on your own. So there's a lot of things that we need to do, and we're going to talk about some of these next week. But for today's discussion, let me just challenge you with this. What you see, if it's right and it leads you to right things, is great. But if what you see is wrong and it leads you to wrong things, then you have to remove those things out of your life. You have to make them invisible. Listen, it's easier to remove something than it is to resist it. Uh, When we talk to our young people in youth group all the time, and especially some of our younger men, uh, a lot of the struggle is pornography because it's so readily available. And when Pastor Hunter's talking to our young men about how to avoid pornography, this is one of the lines that he uses. He says, why fight a battle tomorrow you can eliminate today? If you can eliminate it, you won't even have to fight it. Like, just get rid of it today, and then that way you won't even be tempted by it tomorrow. How would this look in your life? I mean, practically, what would, what would it look like? Well, if you struggled with ice cream, right? Like you're the one that sits down and eats a half a gallon of ice cream. Guess what? Maybe don't keep ice cream in your house at all. Just gouge it out. Get rid of it. If you struggle with alcohol, don't go to places that serve alcohol. If you struggle with self-image, stop following certain people on, on Instagram. Stop looking at their posts. 
If you're wasting too much time on Netflix, why don't you take the TV that's in your bedroom and take it out of your bedroom? So maybe you can go to bed at a decent hour. If you're struggling with pornography, lock down your computer and your phone and your tablet. Lock it all down. And there's ways of doing all of these things. And if you're sitting there thinking, you know what, I don't know if I'm willing to do all that. Can I just challenge you and say, if you're not willing to remove the temptation, how willing are you really to overcome this bad habit? How bad do you really want to overcome it? So what we need to do, first of all, is we need to make it invisible. And then number two, we need to make it difficult. We've got to make it difficult. Sometimes success is less about starting a good habit, and it's more about breaking a bad habit. It becomes more about getting rid of the bad stuff in our lives. And then you're going to see greater progress in your life. Remember, habits follow a pattern. Remember what they were? Their cue, and then the response, and then the reward. So if you look at it this way, what we're challenging you to do today is take the cue and focus on the visual part of that and make it invisible so that you don't get to the action, so you don't get to the habit. But if you do, for some reason, you run into the cue, the visual, and, and it leads you to the response or to the habit, then make the response difficult. What does that look like? Well, if you struggle with debt, charging things up on your credit cards, one of the things that we teach in our FPU class is don't carry credit cards. Actually, put it in a safe at home. That way, if you're at the store and that, that blouse seems like an emergency, you have to go all the way home and you have to get your card out of your safe before you can you go back and buy that blouse. It makes you think a little bit more. Make it difficult on yourself. If you struggle with sleeping in, maybe take your alarm clock and put it in the bathroom. Do you know how hard it is to go back to bed after you get up and go into the bathroom and shut your alarm clock off? It makes it, diff- it, makes it really difficult. And I know as I'm saying some of this, you guys are like, man, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that. Like, that sounds hard. That sounds difficult. And I want to go, uh, duh. That's what we're talking about. You make it difficult. How bad do you really want to overcome this bad habit? If you struggle with spending too much time on social media, maybe take those apps completely off your phone. Now, here's, here's the problem, is that we'll justify these things. We'll argue with ourselves. We, we start saying things like, well, this sounds stupid. Like, Don's old. Like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I can handle this, right? This is what we do. It sounds painful. I don't want to go through all that. And I would still challenge you and say, what are you willing to do to overcome this bad habit? How bad do you really want to get it out of your life? If you want to get it out of your life, you better make it difficult. If you're not willing to make it difficult, are you really willing to get rid of this bad habit in your life? Jesus said in Matthew 7, 13, he said, For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Doing the easy thing with a bad habit always leads us down a path of destruction. You saw it earlier. It starts high and it nosedives. That's not where we want to go. Let me just be transparent with you. The big thing that I'm working on this year is my screen time. I spend too much time on, on the screen. I, I just go to my phone. I'm just going to check my text messages. I heard my phone ding, so I'm going to check it. And it takes me here, and it takes me there. And by the time it's all said and done, I'm an hour, two hours on my phone when I should have been doing other things. Um, do you realize the average person, just the average, touches their phone 2,716 times a day? That's average. Some of you guys are like, that's child's play. I touched a lot more than that. The average person spends over two hours every day on social media. 
And, and that's what I'm doing. I'm spending too much time. And I got things I would rather be doing. Uh, here, here's what we do. You ready for this? We waste our lives looking at pictures of other people's lives. Let that sink in just for a minute. That's what, exactly what we're doing. And what I've done is I finally just got to a place where I said, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. And so I, I deleted my Twitter account. I got rid of that. And, and here's just full transparency, okay? This is the argument that you're going to have because this is the argument I had. Well, I can't get rid of my Facebook. Look at all the stuff I got on there. I got several years built into that. I can't just delete that. Oh, you know what? And the other thing, too, is all my grandbaby's pictures are on there. Moron. Your daughter-in-law is so awesome, she sends you those pictures and more on your phone. You don't need Facebook to look at those. I mean, all these arguments that we come up with, if I want to make it difficult, i got to throw those out the window. And so last week, I took all the photos and stuff that I want to keep off Facebook, I downloaded them, and I'm going to delete my account. Why? Because I can think of a million other things I'd rather do with my time. Honestly. I can invest in other people. I can have conversations with other people. I, I can spend more time with my family and be present and engage. And I can just keep going on, but you get the picture. How serious are you at wanting to break this habit? And you have to make it, first of all, invisible and then difficult. And then thirdly, you have to make it involve the right community. See, involving the right community is so critical when you want to make a good habit, but it's doubly critical when you want to break a bad habit. Back in 1971, the U.S. Army realized they had a major problem. They were sending all their soldiers back from Vietnam back home. And what they found out is 35% of all the soldiers they had in Vietnam had tried the drug heroin, which if you know anything about drugs, it's one of the most addictive drugs you could ever take in your life. And 20% of them that they were sending home were still addicted to heroin. And so they brought a guy in by the name of Lee Robbins, and he put together a task force, and they did a study over several years. It was really intensive, and their findings were fascinating. What they found out is after a year of being home, only 5% of these soldiers still struggled with that addiction. And after three years, only 12% had even had any kind of relapse. Now, my question is this. How could 90% of the soldiers who were addicted to one of the most addictive drugs in the world overcome their addiction? What changed? You know what changed? Their community, their environment, the people they surrounded themselves with. You know what the lesson is? If you want to overcome a bad habit, you have to be aware of who's around you. This is one of the problems that we have here with our, our AA and our uh, life recovery classes. Have some amazing stuff going on uh, every week in those courses and, and people coming in, they're finding help, they're finding freedom. But here's the problem. Many of them go right back into the same environment, right back to the same community and they're having to come back through the program again. Why? It's all about community. The fact is, you have to surround yourself with the right people if you want to overcome a habit. Do you know how I know that? Because God told us this. In Proverbs chapter 13, he said, walk with the wise and become wise, associate with fools, and get in trouble. And actually, the apostle Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians. He said, don't be fooled by those who say such things for what? Bad company corrupts good character. Oh no, I'm strong enough. I got my stuff locked down, man. Really? Because this says, even if you have good character, bad company corrupts it. 
So your community matters. See how important this is? Young people in the room, let me tell you, your parents are on you all the time about who your friends are. They know because they've been there and done that. I've heard this said, show me who your friends are and I'll, I'll show you what your future looks like. That's how important community is. If you want to overcome a bad habit, you have to make sure that you have the right community, community around you. Uh, we have four pastors here at Mountain View Fellowship. Um, you know, Pastor Mike, Ryan, Hunter, myself, and, and we meet with a ton of different people every week for all different reasons. They all come in discussing different things. We just meet with a ton of people. And you ask any one of us, we would tell you the same thing. The people who are doing the best are those who are plugged in to a good community. And namely, right here at Mountain View Fellowship. People who are in life groups, who have other people in their lives. People who are in, like, Bible studies. Those are the ones that are doing the best. Why? Because they have a community that's reinforcing good habits and holding them accountable for bad habits. It makes all the difference in the world. So let me be very clear about this. It is is easy to start a bad habit if you're in the wrong community. It is hard to start a bad habit if you're in the right community. You want to break a bad habit? First, you have to make it invisible. Secondly, you have to make it difficult. Thirdly, you have to make it involve the right community. Now, what is that one habit that you needed to break? Remember the one we talked about when we started? What's that one habit? Think about that. How can you make that invisible? How do you make it difficult? And how do you make it include the right community? Because I believe this is what you're going to have to do if you want to see that transformation in your life in 2021. And get this, I believe that's what you're going to have to do if you really want to see that transformation that Jesus wants to do in your life as well. Because he has better things for you. And I, I, I believe we got people who really need this. We got some people who are dating the wrong people. We got others who their marriage is falling apart. We've got others who are so frustrated by their finances, they can't ever see a day when they would be debt-free. We got others who are addicted to things that are running their lives right now. They have no control over their life because it's something else that they've given the controls to. We got so many people who have given into anxiety and depression and self-image. We have so many people who need this. You want to get your life straight in 2021? You have to decide right now that you're going to break these habits. You're going to make it invisible, you're going to make it difficult, and you're going to include the right community. If you want to see the change that you want to see in 2021, guess what? You have to make a change. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Now, I want to encourage you to make sure that you invite your friends or family and you come back here next week because next week, we're going to talk about the foundation for all of this. We're going to call it the X Factor. And if if you don't have this, then it makes the last three weeks a little difficult. But I want to share with you kind of the secret that kind of uh, is the foundation for everything that we've talked about over the, the last three weeks. But that's next week. So can I say a prayer for us today? Would you join me in that? Heavenly Father, we come to you right now just as your children. Uh, Lord, we, we want to be better. We want to be people that look and move and talk more and more like you. But Lord, there's things that we hang on to that we shouldn't. Uh, God, I pray that through this message you've been kind of revealing through your Holy Spirit those areas in our lives and what we can do to make them invisible, difficult, and get the right, in, the right community involved. And God, I pray that you would just allow us this week to start making those decisions, start moving in that direction. And Lord, I pray not only would it change us from the inside out, but it would mold and shape us into the people that look more and more like you, people who reflect you to the people around us. God, we just pray. 
said all these things that you would receive all the glory and honor. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said it.